This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Tom Gibbis, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And it's not a drag. This week, we talk about the upcoming series Twisted Metal starring Anthony Mackie and a host of others. Star Wars Jedi Survivor debuts today, but not without upsetting and scaring some fans. I give my thoughts on why the game Hi-Fi Rush didn't profit much despite the hype, as well as the reports of Microsoft not being happy with the Xbox division. And in our final stage, I revisit a Nintendo DS classic brought back for the new generation in the form of Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Welcome back to another game-filled edition of Select Start the Video Game Podcast for ACMG Presents Talk Time Live and TalkTimeLive.com. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and we got a loaded show full of news in the gaming world today. But, of course, in our final stage, we will review a Time Honor classic if you were a gamer of the Nintendo DS era, and that is Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. And, um, you know... This is probably going to be one of those things. If you've never been to, into RTS games, this may be one that you want to start with before you get into all the other ones. But we'll talk about that later on in this show. But we got to get to the news right now because it is 8.54 right now, East Coast, EST, if you will, or ET, if you will. And I am patiently waiting, like everybody else, for the upcoming teaser to Twisted Metal which is a new Peacock series that is coming starring Anthony Mackie and a host of others. Now, if anybody has ever played Twisted Metal before, and it was one of the first PlayStation games ever, like it was one of the, one of the first hit games to come on the PlayStation. Like not, I'm not talking about the five, four, three, two, these original PlayStation. And it became such a cult classic. They came up with, I believe like three, other like they came out with two other games plus a remake of the i think the original or whatever they came out with it quite a few plus some on the psp so safe to say that this is a classic cult classic series if you will if you don't know what twisted metal is or the story behind it it's kind of like it think about it's street fighter meets construction derby actually Dare I say it's Mortal Kombat meets Construction Derby because there is a lot of brutality, gratuity to this. And um, it involves a random group of characters 
that are being persuaded by this character Calypso, who in fact is most likely the devil. And he convinced them to join this tournament called Twisted Metal. And whoever survives this tournament, not wins, survives this tournament, will get whatever they wish for. Now, the crazy part about this, and not to be a spoiler about this, but Callisto is the devil. So the devil's always characterized to be manipulative and deceptive. So you will get your wish, but not in the way that you intended. So you have to be careful as to what you wish for because Calypso will twist it around. <laughs> it's the word. And your wish will be something that you will regret or easily regret. So you would play through the game like a in the same fashion that you would a fighting game you would pick whatever character that you have each character has a different vehicle that they would use and their vehicles will be it will most likely be a car that has some type of artillery you know uh you know modifications to help you survive through like your car will bust out with guns that will pop out or you know somebody would have a car a normal car other somebody else will have a motorcycle another person would have this crazy contraption that they were going uh one guy in particular i think in twisted metal 3 he was a uh a, a, you know an inmate if you will and uh, probably escapee if i'm correct and he was bound by this one will and he's just controlling this one will and going around with this one will that had all these crazy you know weapons that was connected to it to keep him from uh, dying out there it's just crazy and then of course there's everybody's favorite iconic video game character in the form of sweet tooth which is kind of like he's if you if you ever watched spawn or read the spawn comic books there's the character vindicator who's like this clown that turns into this deadly demon think vindicator and ghost rider and you get sweet tooth because sweet tooth basically is a he's a serial killer a former serial killer but died and came back as this kind of freddy kruegerish type of being with his head forever flaming he has a flaming head but he where he has a clown mask and everything in this live action adaption they have a star-studded cast one of them being john mac uh anthony mackie yes john mackie anthony mackie aka captain america who's playing the character john doe so it's safe to say that he may be somebody with amnesia who doesn't know who the hell he really is i don't know but he's known as john doe because that's what you call john doe when you can't identify anybody now also in this is a it's just a stellar cast in this thing will arnett is in this which you start to think it's like okay will arnett is usually any he's not in anything that's considered dramatic serious or whatever like that he's usually in a comedy role he's a comedy comedic actor okay we also got the legendary samoa joe or john sanoa aka samoa joe from aew in ring of honor or whatnot he's going to be playing sweet tooth now you gotta remember samoa joe is also playing king shark in the upcoming game in now 2024 suicide squad killed the justice league so this is another notch in his gun and if we haven't seen samoa joe and all elite wrestling's dynamite or rampage or ring of honor for quite a while this is why this dude is in hollywood kicking it and well deserved like he is i've been watching samoa joe since he was 
in Ring of Honor in 2022 when he first won the Ring of Honor title. And let me tell you, those guys in the indie days were, were not getting paid as much. Like he's getting paid so much more now than he ever was before. And it's so awesome because he deserves it. And I've watched him and, and met him, had a chance of meeting him in South Philly when he used to wrestle there. And um, let me tell you, man, the dude is awesome. He's well-deserved. He was wrestling WWE for quite some time, NXT, Impact. He's wrestled everywhere around the world. And now he's getting all these awesome Hollywood opportunities. Well-deserved, dude. I'm so happy for this guy. He's a very humble, nice dude. And behind the scenes, he literally will stop. Like, even if he has to go catch a flight, he will stop to take a picture with you. That's how dope he is. And I'm pretty sure he's still that dude. He, you know, he, he understands where he came from and that whole thing. Also, and this is Stephanie Beatrice, one of my favorite characters from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She is in this. And then again, this is another one that is also not used to being in anything dramatic or such like that. She's normally in comedy roles, too. There's a reason why I'm mentioning this. Nev Campbell is in their party of five and scream. She's in this, too. Thomas Hayden Church, one of my favorites which I'm so glad I, I used to say one of my favorite underrated Spider-Man characters from the movies no longer because he was in no way home and he knocked it out the park as we all knew it. He, you know, he got his, uh, he got his flowers in that movie, but he's in this movie as well. So the reason why I'm mentioning the comedy aspect is because I did not realize this, but this is not going to be a action drama. This is going to be an action comedy. I'm a little bit, forgive me, despite the stellar cast, Especially with Anthony Mackie on air, I'm a, I am slight skeptical about the idea that they're making this into a comedy. Again, we haven't seen this yet, and normally this is out now during the this this usually releases now. And I'm on Peacock uh, right now on uh, I'm on the Peacock channel, and they have yet to release it yet. The last thing they actually released was the. Uh, the actual poster which has anthony mackie on there and you know you see sweet tooth's truck and all this stuff in there uh, and it just says buckle up your first look at twisted metal drops tomorrow that was 21 hours ago and we're all patiently waiting for this now and nothing yet so i i guess normally this stuff happens every time i do this show it's like I do the show and then all this really new all the new stuff just pops up after the fact so most likely I will, if I don't get a notification or I don't see anything during this show, I will most likely roll this over to Sunday's show and talk about my thoughts on the trailer then. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna prejudge this right now. I just know that the, the cast is stellar, regardless. It's a comedy. It has some released, you know, it has a great cast that be that will be able to pull this off possibly. Anthony Mackie is actually quite funny. He is surprisingly funny. Have you seen him? in like on in panels he is hilarious in fact in in that joe that seth rogan movie that he was in as well he was funny on air he has a comedic tone with him he he can pull off some comedy and i mean he every once in a while he you know he's comedic on the uh, marvel movies too so having will arnett in there to play off of him and you know stephanie uh beatrice play off uh to play off of her as well it's gonna be interesting to see how this rolls i love twisted metal I just, I, I, for one, would have loved to have seen 
a more dramatic approach to this i haven't again i can't prejudge this i don't know how this is going to pull off but the idea that this is a comedy and will arnett doesn't just do he 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 does all comedy but he also does like really quirky comedy as well like like his his will arnett is in some very funny stuff but it's like funny stuff you don't take seriously so i'm i know his comedy style i'm in in into that measure stephanie uh beatrice because i've been i've watched brooklyn 99 religiously i watch it like every morning when i wake up so it'll be interesting to see where this goes i don't know who's the writers uh of, of this show is and where they're coming from so maybe if i knew that or look into that maybe i'll have a little bit more confidence in there it's like when i watch you know grand crew which is you know written and created by the guys behind brooklyn 99 and safe to say that that show is funny i highly recommend people check that out too if you got peacock uh, you know don't watch it you know when it comes on it is absolutely a funny show so we'll see how this goes but uh you know it's coming it's coming and we'll see <laughs> we will see you know what else is not only it's not coming it's here star wars jedi survivor debuts today and i got a chance to play it at midnight uh i usually when i get a anticipated game that i pre-order especially if it's on playstation um i usually set up to stay up a, at least an hour after midnight to just get the first hour of gameplay in uh, i did exactly that with um star wars jedi survivor and uh so far so far so good i will tell you this because i you know if you heard me before talk about uh fallen jedi or jedi fallen i should say i wasn't i i liked it but i wasn't particularly too in love with it because there were some things that hindered my enjoyment and experience of it and that one of it was one of them was the navigation aspect of the game which like the, you know the, the combat was great the graphics was great the performances were awesome the music was everything you would expect it to be with star wars it was the map and the navigation you end up going in circles and whatnot in this game and the map was so hard to read and understand and i wasn't the only one i heard quite a few people mention that as well well i can say this i will definitely say this that i enjoyed the first hour of it and they did some changes and they listened to their fans which is surprising ea does this they actually added some navigational hint features to it so you can easily well not easily but you will know where you need to be which is something that they didn't do before and they have a trail of where you've already been so it'll help you not get lost completely and understand where you need to go next and i felt like that was a big change uh i haven't like i said i haven't played through the game completely i cannot give my full review i will give my full review next week on the show because it's going to take some time to actually put in that work into this game so i will say i, I do like it i i will tell you this also the dual sense controller feels so good with this game like i know people have like what i call now the steam drain it's actually the steam deck but the steam drain like this game is 148 gigs big so if you're playing it on a portable on a handheld like you gotta have that thing charged consistently because 
I can see this draining a lot of battery power. I I love the idea of the Steam Deck. I want I would like to, you know, invest in the Steam Deck. Not right now. Because the Steam Deck is a flex right now. You know, it's 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 not as a bad flex as it's not that bad as bad as a flex as um I would say like Google St Google uh Stadia. That was a complete bad investment right there. Um but this is the prototype stage for a console like that where you it, it can't it can't handle the power that it's trying to produce and this the fact that it can play it is fine but i think if they can if, if steam can create newer generations with better battery power that's gonna be when i want to jump in when it can play more than an hour for a game like you know star wars jedi survivor or any of those AAA games you know or spider-man or whatnot and when it can handle because apparently it can it can do it does really well with um the, you can play the steam uh deck longer when you're playing like old school retro games because it doesn't require that much energy or whatever to do but the steam deck is it's a little bit hardcore for really powerful games so you're gonna have to keep it on deck you're gonna have to keep it you know charge it doesn't handle it doesn't handle the download the, the the battery ability that the switch does but then again the switch the switch it actually has some pretty damn good games uh you know big games open world games on there that for some reason they know how to do it right and they it has a way less a way more longer battery uh lifespan in it than the steam deck but the steam deck is producing powerful you know next gen games on that platform that you can play once that battery power once they fix that battery power and start getting that battery power in there that's when i'll jump in for now i'm magneto and letting the pawns go first <laughs> um but here's the other thing that we need to talk about in terms of this game because i mentioned that it was a 148 gigs the game is becoming these games are becoming way too elaborate and massive way too massive to be able to be placed in blu-ray disc and it's going to be a point where the fans of physical copies are going to just have to hang it up and in fact i you know what's even worse playstation 5 sony decided to want to cater to everybody and you know kudos to them for doing it and this is no fault to them this is they're they're giving the fans what they want but the fans don't really know what the hell they really want and whether it's a smart decision to date sony could have damn well said like you know we're going to just go all digital and just start producing games digitally because these games are going to get bigger and bigger and you're just gonna have to the the fans of physical the you know the the old school fans the boomer gamers if you will hate to use that term but it is and i should be one of those people but i'm not because i in this in this particular case i've been digital i'm a digital downloader faithfully for over a decade because i knew this was the more sufficient and, 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 you know productive way of downloading a game in a better it, there's so many pros to, to digital downloads okay it was gonna come down to this but with a game like this being 148 gigs there's hard it's gonna be hard for you to do this so 
the game apparently the debut between the physical versus digital has been decided in terms of this game apparently those who purchased a physical copy of this game will still have to download the game in order to play it completely and fully because the disc can only hold but so much it does not it is not able to hold 148 gigs we have not come up with terabyte blu-ray disc yet um the game which which holds a capacity of 148.1 gigs it's too massive so they you know ea gives warnings on the on the actual deal that you still have to download this this and i'm sorry i don't blame ea for this i blame the fans for not just you know you know this is i blame the fans for not being able to assimilate and adapt to what's going on now consequently the remaining data will need to be downloaded because it just won't fit this is inevitable as more games are moving into digital format which provides endless opportunities to create elaborate games that will require a lot of data and space hence why i've moved to digital in the first place because i knew this was just that was just one of the reasons i mean there's so many reasons to why digital is just so much better you if you buy a hard drive you can just download it like i got a four terabyte hard drive for the playstation 5. it's it holds all of my new gen games but also all of the backwards compatible games that i have in there so i have all that and i can just switch them easily back and forth i i do have to look to see if they now because it's been a while since the uh playstation 5 been out i think it's going on three years now so i wonder if they're if they have finally able to have a hard drive where i don't have to keep moving games back and forth but they can all play at the ready i'm pretty sure that's going to come soon that also is inevitable um but man it, it's it's this is the thing like one you never have to worry about your display is scratched up you don't have to worry about people trying to borrow your content um and in risk of it being screwed up like there is keeping could keep collecting these stupid um discs just for collectible just for collectability with even though none of them have any real worth to it and creating clutter when i went digital I cleared out so much of not having all these stacks of 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 like game disc around like i still have a collection of game disc i got two drawers full of game disc in my living room i haven't seen them since because one i don't play the playstation 3 or 4 anymore or the nintendo wii or you know any of those things but you know and that's that's it i used to have way more than that but when i went digital that got that got decreased so much into that and it was just so much better like they're, they're just it's better to do it this way the data also collects better like if you get a scratch on a disc it screws up the data which means it can't read the data which means it, these games can be unplayable it's too much of a risk we don't we do not have to do this anymore and you still get to keep your game in a hard drive that can probably that will play much much better so i mean just think about it people if you still are hung up in the nostalgia of a game disc i gotta say man you gotta you gotta move on with the with the future and the future was like 10 years ago like over way over a decade ago remember i've been doing digital since the psp era you know 
and, and even in the what the, the nintendo 3ds era i've been digitally downloading way back since then i've never looked back i had no issue with it it's all been great some of the games i can still replay on a psp and a ps vita i still play those games now you know it's really you know it's it, just go man it just stop it's it's going to be a point where and it, that was the part i was going to mention too because there's the two playstation versions out there the playstation 5 versions there's the digital one which are the one i was looking for and then there was the physical versions which you know tongue-in-cheek sony was you know catering to those or they were humoring those people because they knew down the line you're gonna have to download anyway so rather you're gonna have to trade in your physical version for a digital version you know which at some cases you're gonna have to you're gonna be paying more <laughs> you could trade it in maybe you could trade it in if there's a GameStop left in the, in the area and, and maybe um you know get it for a lesser price but getting the digital was the smarter solution in my opinion and this holds true because one and oh god this is another thing another big pro for getting digital you do not have to wait in line you don't have to have a waiting list you don't have to be have a a, a scheduled pre-order list to wait in line for a game anymore those days are done you do not have to wait in line to hope in hopes to get a game getting a game console is one thing but getting the actual game is not a problem anymore you can just easily like i did last night like i do with all my games pre-download have it ready by the stroke of midnight instead of waiting to get online or waste all the you know waste gas waste transportation time just it's at the ready the comfort of that is just so pleasing why would you, anybody who does that to me i got a question i i got a question people like that like i can't i don't think i can rely on people who think that way <laughs> who don't who don't think you know in a way of like okay use critical thinking at best and say you know this is the more sufficient way this is the more, this is the smarter thing to do if you don't if you can't see why this is not a better way of doing it i can't i don't know what to tell you i'm not getting any advice from you <laughs> i'll tell you that you know let's move on to something else involving this game that is not pissing people off but scaring them off and this is something that has been going on for quite a few games now that i just noticed and this is all right i hate to be insensitive to to, to people in this case but I just find it very interesting because for years this is something that's going on and all of a sudden this is becoming a thing star wars jedi survivor i haven't gotten to this point yet i only played an hour remember this but star wars jedi survivor has an erect has you know a stage where there's a giant there's giant spiders arachnids if you will and there's a recent thing where these arachnids have been creating arachnophobia for gamers maybe it's because these games are now becoming a little bit more realistic than before and it's starting to be too close to home to people in that sense i can understand that and if you have arachnophobia i don't want to knock it but i will say if you've been a gamer for decades there's been spiders and i mean not just any spider there's been giant spiders in a lot of games for years we've never needed a warning we never need any of this stuff you play the game 
yes, it'll freak you out, but it's a way for you to mostly if there's a spider in a game, your job is to defeat it, not run away from it, not run in fear of it. If anything, to help your arachnophobia should be a video game in a sense. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a I'm not a therapist. Any kind. So I far be it for me to be right or, or to think I'm right in this. But I just feel like if anything to really beat the idea of your fear of arachnids is to play a video game where your job is to defeat and kill giant spiders. I believe there was a giant spider in in uh, Devil May Cry and all this stuff. And it, even the oldest Devil May Cry game, those games were still, you know, graphically great. So I know I, may, I think Unimusha may have had one, too. I don't I'm not sure. But like spiders have been in video games forever. Now, all of a sudden, in this generation, we got to have all these warnings and trigger warnings and all this stuff. And I'm like, at some point, it's just like, can we not baby everybody? Like, all right, truth be told. And I've said this many times, no problem. I will never play Resident Evil 1. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the remakes. I'm talking about the original. It doesn't matter which one, but particularly the original one. Because of those damn zombie dogs. That still scares the living crap out of me. But guess what? I'm not going to say, I'm not going to request a feature. What I'm going to call right now, the nightlight, the nightlight mode. Because this was just sound like when you're a kid, some kids prefer to have a nightlight on when they go to sleep so they can feel safe. This to me is rather a nightlight mode type of situation. So I don't like the dogs. If I don't like the dogs, I'm not going to play the damn game, but I'm not going to say I'm not going to like take that away from the idea that it, that's what makes the game so scary. Just the game was meant to be scary. Why take that out? Like, I'm not a horror genre gamer at all, but I respect the idea of because there are people who do. And if you choose to play that game, you know what you signed up for. Same with this. This is Star Wars. Star Wars is going to have a lot of monsters and a lot of creatures and a lot of enemies that you're going to have to face. You're going to have to deal with this. This is part of the game story. This is the telling. You got to face it. It's like, OK, what's next? You're, you're going to, you know, Jabba's in there. You're going to you, they're going to be able to take out Jabba. Um, there's going to be a lot of worm creatures. There. I mean, like if you're going to take that out, what's stopping you them from taking everybody out? Because it, and then at this point, what are you going to do in the game? You're just going to walk past every single map with ease. No, you got to face your fears if you want to play the game. That's just it. If you're in, if you want to play this game, you got to know that there's some things in there that you're going to have to face. You're the protagonist in this game, which means you should be brave enough to take on these deals. It's not meant for you to be killed by these deals. It's meant for you to defeat them, which in all hindsight, that's a reason why you should keep these things on it or why there should be no feature to take out the arachnids. There should be no features at all like this because your idea is to push through the fear. I think EA made a bad decision in this case to do that. I think they, I think it, it only encourages that fear even more. It advocates that fear, in my opinion. I think putting this in gives a reason to fight back. And I just think some things shouldn't just be, you shouldn't have to hold your hand for everything. You know, play the game, know the risk and go for it. And maybe possibly end your fear of 
you know, these, you know, these spiders or whatever it is that you're afraid of, you know, and for the record, I did play, I did beat a Resident Evil game. I beat six. I just wanted to get that out of the way just to say that I did, uh, cause I respect the, I don't, I'm not a fan of the Resident Evil series in, in terms of like the genre. Cause it's not to say that I don't think it's a great game. It's a great series. I'm just not into that series, but I said at least like out of respect, I want to at least play one. So I played six and beat six. You know, same thing I did with um, Metal Gear. I, you know, I just wanted to play one Metal Gear game. Sadly, it was three <laughs> Snake Eater because that was the one where he didn't have all the uh, gadgets and everything. He had to survive on his own, but I beat it. Damn it. I beat it. So <laughs> there. Um, yeah. So Marvel Avengers also had this feature too, or no, they didn't have this feature, but they give you they gave you warnings. Now, that to me is even worse because Marvel Avengers. Yeah, they had spider like creatures during the Black Panther you know um expanded story but it was robotic spiders man it's robots it's it's freaking mechs okay it's mechanical spiders come on man this generation dude it's like we got you talk about we can say all we want about what happened in the past but we're starting to learn the negatives of this generation in terms of you know that they don't know everything their answer to everything is not always the best, you know, and, and, and if, and somebody who's titled an influencer, maybe not the, may not be the most influential person that you should be following. In fact, I would say majority of people that is called an influencer are the least amount of people that you should be influenced by because they don't have any of the answers either. And all they're doing is just pushing and selling snake oil products. That is just plain and simple. let's not let's not encourage this gaming the gaming industry I'm, I'm just we should not encourage this at all so enjoy the game for what it is but face your fears people i had to we all had to at some point we don't need to be a generation who just has to be you know has to have a hand to hold every single time not all the time sometimes yes not all the time toughen up people that's all I gotta say about that. And I'll give you my full review of Star Wars Jedi Survivor next week. My, what I call my poop review. Poop is an acronym when I say pay out of pocket review. No codes here. So let's talk about a game that was highly praised, but didn't live up to expectations, unfortunately. And that is Hi-Fi Rush. This is a game I've heard about so many times. I, I don't own an Xbox, but it's on the Xbox, it's on Steam. Um, did not get an opportunity to play it, but I've heard so much about it. You know, there was a lot of hype for it. And apparently it's a financial failure. Unfortunately, according to GameSpot, the highly acclaimed rhythm based action game didn't meet financial goals. Jeff Grope of Giant Bomb, which is a sister uh, gaming website to GameSpot, claims that it did not succeed in making the money that it was intended to make, despite the ha having great reviews. He continues to talk about what could have been the cause of it, including pointing out the possibility of it uh, being shadow dropped. Um, yeah, that's never a good thing, especially like this game being shadow drop. A game that nobody knows about, that it hasn't gained trust or, you know, credibility should not be shadow dropped at all. It should not be shadow dropped. 
he also blamed that he, or he didn't blame it he said possibly the cause of it could have been the price as well or even being added to the game pass and this is something i did not know about until i've been reading this articles what the article didn't mention in my opinion was the game not being able to be ported on other platforms like nintendo and playstation for example which are the two leading companies in the in the gaming industry ahead of xbox i believe if they were able to get those, get this game ported on other platforms with some good promotion this game probably would have survived a lot better but a, a an unknown new game being shadow dropped with no hype that's that's just a bad move in its own so it, it's it's this is it's it's in you know it's not like a really big surprise as to why that this did why this did not make meet standards it makes sense it, it makes sense and in the article it says that microsoft admitted that game pass can decrease base game sales so here's the funny thing I get people on the ACMG Facebook group every once in a while. Not everybody, just a few people who own Xboxes swear down about the game pass. And again, this is a generation who only thinks in the mind of a fan and not as the consumer. If you think of yourselves as a consumer, then you will see things a little bit differently than you would be as a fan. When you're when you're full-fledged fan, you sometimes get blinded by the by the things that are going on behind the scenes. But if you're a consumer, you're a little bit more analytical. You have a little bit more critical thinking towards what you're investing in. And you got to ask a lot of questions involving like, why is this profiting? How is this going to work? How was, what's the, you know, lifespan and stability of what you're investing in? Hence why we didn't zoom failed. Google glass failed. Google stadia failed all these things because people didn't question. Well, actually. I would dare say some a lot more people question those than other things but you know there's some there's a some naive fans who will jump before they question what they're jumping into you know they they, they just go into it thinking that it's like a cool flex move to get these things like i said i talked about the stadium before when e3 when it was presented at e3 and it didn't answer all my questions for sure and it damn sure didn't show how stable this was going to be stadia to me was a failure from day one when they couldn't provide a live action demo for it but yet there were some people who immediately jumped on it and i have to question the gpa of all of those people who did okay it just was not a good thing there were so many red flags with that one in my opinion and i was right because it didn't last and a lot of other people have red flags towards it too so there are a lot more smarter consumers out there than you think but every once in a while there's a a a certain significant level of naivete out there who just thinks fans first but um yeah the game pass i can see this like i would i i was thinking like how did how do these games profit like if you put something on amazon you could profit in a certain way like if you put your book and audible like i would give audible as a great example here if you if you're if you have an audible book and you audible has this um this system where you put your book on audible 
and if you if you subscribe to audible you get you get actual um you know credits if you have a subscription audible to listen to their audiobooks if you use that credit that's an automatic buy for whoever that book you purchase and invest in they do get paid for that same with um with twitch if you subscribe to a particular channel on twitch if you have a prime account and you subscribe on twitch to a particular channel that channel will get paid per person who subscribes to that channel so they have a great system xbox does not have that with game pass it's like they automatically put these games on for free that you can play and that takes away from the buying power of a lot of these games some of these games are like you know really big games they're not exclusives but they're really big games so i don't know what the deal is and how much they're getting paid for but yeah they're getting uh, they're getting a decrease of sales because it's all for free it doesn't hurt fans because fans are gloating or you know are gloating at the fact that these games are uh are able to you're able to play these games for free but it's really not it's really not an effective thing for the game developers so it sounds like a great idea in theory but you know we're now realizing and it's been by from the horse's mouth that is not really maybe the best thing for a game to be on game pass so i don't know if this is going to be last or i don't know if they're going to change the way that they work game pass around i expect some changes if this is going to continue we'll see but especially not only just for the fact that it's not working up to their expectations but microsoft has also has been said not to be pleased with the xbox division as well in another article from comicbook.com it says that microsoft is reportedly not happy with how xbox has been operating the article goes on to say that over the last decade xbox has transformed a lot and not in a good way the brand was massively successful during the xbox 360 days during the t during that time uh and was known for being a place for online games with a strong lineup of exclusives that is true and that was the only time i actually did own an xbox in fact i think i owned two xboxes if i'm correct at the time and played none of them <laughs> barely played them i had the xbox 360 and i had the the um what was it what was the other one the playstation 4 to playstation 3 during the time and that was my flex move but I didn't really play the game. Like it, a lot of the games that was on the Xbox 360 just were for me because I wasn't down. I wasn't into all those first-person shooters or online games or you know MMO games or whatever. Like they they just fully went off for like that PC experience on a console. So there was only a few games that I would actually play and enjoy. And but the the Xbox, um, it wasn't the Game Pass at the time, but a lot of their uh, Xbox Arcade games i did enjoy i did enjoy playing those games um but not enough to keep my longevity of you know with the game with the console itself so i ended up trading it off and such and just stuck with the playstation plus i, I the playstation controller for me was just so much better it's always it was still to me one of the best and more most balanced controllers that in on the market right now the dual sense controller especially it's just incredible um so it, this is the situation that they're dealing with right now because the xbox one however 
the success rate pales in comparison, which uh, has said to be significantly damaging for the company. This is why uh, this is this is before Phil Spencer came along and provided, you know, s some ideas like the Game Pass backwards compatibility, which I will still say that's an awesome thing that they brought in and it led to PlayStation doing the same. I hope they don't. I hope they do not stop doing backwards compatibility because that to me does help them with their um with their sales if people want to you know buy older games keep that on game pass something questionable and i know playstation was looking to do it too but i think i don't know if playstation is going to continue to do this if they're seeing articles that are saying that it's not working out like they like it was intended despite the popularity of those innovation innovative ideas the division is still lacking in any quality exclusivity in exclusive games, especially when compared to Nintendo and PlayStation. Look, we can name off the bat what PlayStation has done. Um, we can name just the Horizon series alone. Spider-Man, God of War. Those three alone have killed the industry in terms of like making a lot of money. And it's not going to stop anytime soon because... You know, Horizon just came out with an expansion. Um, we also have Spider-Man coming out. We have Final Fantasy 16 about to come out in June. We got Spider-Man coming at the end of the year or the fall season. PlayStation is not going anywhere. They're about to go crazy in the gaming scene. And then you got Nintendo, which in just uh, the 28th today, in just a couple of weeks, we will be playing what could possibly be the game of the year in terms of Zelda Tears of a Mountain, which always is so funny that you got all these, all this power in the PlayStation and all this power in the Xbox and this, and the little guy, the Dave, the David of the gaming industry takes out the Goliaths of PlayStation and Xbox with just one game. And on top of that, people sleep. And like, how is Nintendo always staying afoot? Because Nintendo's been around for over 130 years. They're still the father to these sons, if you will. And that's the reality of it. So, I, you know, I, it's safe to say I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought about this. Like, I there's a reason why Xbox has not fell suit. And now even Microsoft is starting to start to admit it. Like every year when E3 was out, they were third place every single time. Even lately, we have not seen any exclusivities out there for Xbox. They have not come out with any exclusive new AAA IPs at all. Where's the last Gears of War? Where's the last Halo? Where's the last of that? Like we haven't seen them in years. We've seen new God of Wars. We've seen new Horizons. We've seen, we're about to see a new Spider-Man. We've seen, and on top of that, all the other games that are playable with these games. People will try to fight about Xbox. I don't know if it's, I don't know what's going to happen with the future of it, but it's, it's staying power is still stable. They still have a chance to, you know, get their gear together, but it's just always seems like they're, always in third place and i don't know what's gonna what is it gonna take for to get in people and anything can happen in the next year or so or next few years or so they can come back and make a really big comeback and find something that will gain the fans i think part of the thing is too is that they attract they appeal to the minority aspect of the gaming community 
the niche crowd, the cult, the cult, you know, crowd that likes a certain particular type of game. They don't appeal to the masses. They don't appeal. They appeal to the hardcore, but not the casual. Nintendo and PlayStation appeals to both hardcore and casual fan base and consumer base. I think that's where Xbox goes wrong a lot of times, you know, the, you know, Xbox community can be also be compared to the PC community in a sense where they think they have, they, they have this tight relationship with it, but it doesn't attract to everybody else. And there's a misconception of ideas that thinking that the Xbox is better, but why doesn't the world see it that way? And at the end, these consoles, these companies don't last. We'll see how Xbox goes. I mean, at least they're to their credit, at least they're throwing stuff out to see with sticks. But if their own company is starting to realize that things are going wrong, then that's, you know, that's a, that's a red flag right there in itself. So we'll see folks that will do it for this portion of the show. We're going to take a break, come back. And when I do, I'm going to bring you back to a classic, a that has been brought back to the masses in the form of Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, the RTS Classic, and we're going to talk about that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live reached the final stage of this program and this week we are checking out a nintendo ds classic that is brought back into the modern era in the form of advanced wars one and two reboot camp this is or was i should say my entry my entry into the real-time strategy or tactical based strategy games that you know we all love today um if you owned a nintendo ds this was one of the games that a lot of people have bought and enjoyed I didn't think I would ever enjoy these games like this. And, you know, since then, I've enjoyed other RTS games like Des Gaia and recently Super Robot Wars, which is phenomenal. OK, and it all started here for me. So it was awesome to know that this game was coming back. It was being remastered, uh, which they now call a reboot camp. And it doesn't miss a beat at all. It, it's has it has new cosmetic look to it um i would have still preferred the digital version of course um the because i thought that was 
it was really the pixel version from back in the day in, in the uh, 3DS era was so awesome still. And it really was a revolutionary look for the Nintendo at the time, but they brought it in, made a 3D version of it. Still looks awesome. They added some animation to it. Uh, so you got you get to see a lot of animated little clips of things or whatever. I thought they did a really great job with this. But when I found out that Nintendo was working with WayForward, this is a no brainer. This is going to be a great game. Um, this is, I, you know, and I could be wrong. I've had quite a few people from WayForward on a show before. Um, one of my favorite companies, one of my favorite indie companies, I would say at that. And for them to be able to work exclusively with Nintendo on this project, is nothing short of great and i don't know if this is the first time that they work with nintendo exclusively to work on one of their uh intellectual properties but you couldn't have found a better developer uh development group to do this way forward is just awesome if you ever played the shanti series or um ducktales one of my favorites of that era they you know they work with a lot of people and they're really good at what they do they are great mercenaries of the retro gaming genre okay um uh, in in a 2d platform genre at that I, this game did not disappoint at all well no i worry i'm not gonna argue it did not disappoint but i think if you're looking for something that's like there since advanced wars one and two have come out we've seen so many other great real-time strategy games that have arrived and really actually superseded what this game has done but the nostalgic charm of this game is still there and you were you're reminded as to why you love this game in the first place so way forward being able to do what they do best when you bring back old classics because these way forward is the company who also you know brought back ducktales if you played ducktales remastered then you know how awesome these guys are i'm still waiting for capcom or whoever or disney to you know give the alert to bring ducktales back on the switch it is that damn good i still have it for the ios for god's sake and i hate playing it on that damn thing i want to play it on a joy con <laughs> okay or even on the playstation or you know whatever bring back ducktales when you for god's sakes not wait forward because they're not in charge of that that's not their license i'm talking to capcom more more or less i'm talking to disney that game should not be on the shelf. That should be rebrought out. I guarantee you people will buy DuckTales. It is a classic. And WayForward knocked it out the park the same way that they did with this. So Nintendo, of course, is the publisher. This is a real-time strategy or tactical-based strategy, if you want to call it that. And it's on the Nintendo Switch, uh, Nintendo Switch exclusively. Now, what they did was they combined both of these games together at, at, at once. So you're getting the chance to get the full Monty of everything that you get played. I played part two. I didn't play part two forever, but I played part one completely and really enjoyed it. At the time, it was just, you know, it was a really cool handheld, portable, real-time strategy game. And like, to me, it was one of the originals that I played. I don't know if it's the original RTS game out there, but it did motivate and inspire a lot more games to do what they did in this game. Um, it's so awesome. It is, it's really a lot of fun here. Um, my question to you or the question that you should be asking is does the remake live up or it, or does it revitalize it i'm going to say no it brought it back it plays exactly like the same one did it does virtually everything that the original ones did but just you know 
with a new cosmetic look. Um, no real new bells and whistles. It plays exactly the same. I do like the addition of the animation to it because the the anime animation to it, what they did, especially in the intro, what I loved about it is like the intro of the game plays upon the rumble pack. Your rumble features will play whenever they move or whatever it plays onto that. So it really has a more immersed feeling to it. So I do appreciate that part. Um, the rumble pack plays a factor because the DS never had that rumble feature aspect. So now you get to have that feature and it adds more to the experience. So that I like, but I think this is going to be a game for two types of people. One is the people who played it before, like myself, who enjoyed it and, and enjoyed that nostalgic, you know, feeling of this game. And then the other is for people, I would say, who may be interested in playing real time strategy games, but don't know which one to start with. I think Advance Wars one and two reboot camp is like it's the great entry level game to play to get you into the rest of the other games that are out there. Cause there are some other ones out there, especially if you are like me, if you buy imported games, there's some really awesome RTS games like super robot wars or Gundam SG generations or whatever S generation or whatever like that, that I have some really awesome hardcore strategy based games. Desgaea is another one that people, uh, enjoy too. But this one, I think is even, I would say Desgaea is another great beginners deal too, but Desgaea can be especially this guy is six. I haven't played seven, but this guy is six is so overly complex. This one is not, it is very user-friendly. It's light on the complexity. You're able to easily just jump in and play and get an understanding of how this game plays or how RTS games plays in general, but it also has its own play sets and, and deals too. The story of this is nothing really deep in here. So, um, it's basically, I'll tell the story right now. This the orange star nation, according to the Nintendo website, um, which is selling it by the way, again, I, this was the second game I purchased on the, uh, for the game voucher. I paid $99 for a game voucher. that got me two games. This game is 59 99, 60 bucks plus tax. I also, the other game that I purchased, cause when you get the game voucher, you get, you're afforded two games that you can play in any price point. The second game that I got, I pre-ordered Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda, um, Tears of a Kingdom. So that game is 70 bucks. Do the math. 60 plus 70 is 13 is $130 plus tax. And I only pay $99 for both. Do the math. Do the purchase. Get it done. So, um, even if you don't have breath of the wild, if you never play Zelda breath of the wild, now there's a time for you to get both breath of the wild and tears of mountain. And you're saving, you're really saving quite a bit of money off of this voucher. So just saying Nintendo's looking out once again, it's a great way to grab this game. This is one of the games that, that is on a list. And if you're a fan of this, I would definitely recommend going in here too. So, um, with the story, the orange star nation is under attack. The first game in the Advance War Saga begins with the nation of the Orange Star in a war against the neighboring Blue Moon. Battle through all the countries Cosmo, Cosmo Land, Orange Star, Blue Moon, Earth, Green Earth, and Gold Carnet. And you're going up uh, against the enemy known as Olaf, along with his legion of people as well. You play the protagonist, Andy, 
who's a mechanical boy with a good old around uh all around skills um you're playing against you're playing also playing max who is basically the strong man here he has the high artillery he has the you know air you know the air unit as well and you got sammy who's the infantry unit specialist who um has trouble with overall ground units so basically andy is the ryu of the game he's the balanced character you can use him for both the abilities of max and sammy max is a little bit more power um sammy is a little bit more on agility pretty much are able to get around areas a lot better so you have the choice to play against you know play as those three as the game goes along the cool part about this game is that they have this gauge that you know eventually builds up uh to a point i think it builds up when you get defeated or you get hit by the enemy but once it builds up it gains an advantage and you're able to use this this uh gauge to pull off some power moves on your enemy to gain advantage of the enemy andy i believe replenishes all of the gauge in it the health gauges of all your um your units that are out there your tanks your um cars your soldiers out there revitalizes give them a few more points up so they can stay you know have more lasting power um i forgot what max and sammy does in this case max uh i'm you know using i've been using max you know consistently i think he adds more power to his units or whatever like that but and the enemies also have those same units olaf grit and colin who up who you can play in the versus mode too by the way olaf is basically the main antagonist of this grit is a character who works with Olaf, but he's not the most dependable person in the world in this case. Uh, and Olaf constantly gets mad at him. Colin is, you know, an inexperienced, you know, soldier, uh, um, officer in, in his army as well. They all represent the blue moon. You also have um, the green uh, earth unit as well. Drake, Jess, and Eagle, all of which again has different techniques different strategies and you know that you play through as well and then there's also um what is the other one i just said the uh golden comet group of sensei kenbei and so uh, sanji so everyone has a different strategy here they also have different abilities along the way and this is what makes the game a lot more fun it's not that it's it's, it's easier than other real-time strategy games that you play but it's not exactly it's not exactly i would say um too easy they will provide a particular challenge especially mission two like it's funny because this is exactly what happened in the original ds version when i played it you get through the first mission they teach you how to get run the ropes of the first mission the second mission for some reason is very challenging and then once you get past the second mission everything else is a little bit more smoother from that point so you can go on youtube to really look at how to get through that deal once you do you don't have to do it again for some reason it's just everything else just flows but the powers the particular powers that i was mentioning is called your co uh power co is for commanding officer so once your gauge fills up you get these special abilities from each you know commanding officer that you have and they help you know gain the advantage of the uh of the maps that you go through so in this game what they added on here too was a versus mode so you get to play as any of those characters that you unlock once you defeat them and then there's the online mode which wasn't in the original versions as well what also wasn't in there is the um war room which 
um you, you could battle against computer uh generated modes consider this like a versus mode or arcade mode on its own um the newest addition to this too is that you are allowed a create uh design room which you can create your own maps in here i think that's pretty cool and then there's hachi shop every time you play through a mission you unlock additional co's and maps that are in there and music as well that you can play in there in the versus mode and such like that so they did add some more bells and whistles to the game but overall the game is exactly the way you remember it if you played the original so again we're going to talk about originality we're going to talk about graphics um in terms of the grading aspect of it sound of music gameplay uh fun factor uh replay value actor performances and just you know overall story and whatnot so um like i said the originality part for me it was one of the first rts games i've ever played i don't necessarily know and i don't necessarily know if it's actually the first one but it is a significant it, it holds a significant aspect it does things that i you know it does things in this game that i haven't seen in other games as well so there's a bit of a street fighter mechanic to it if you will with this game as opposed to other rts games that i've actually played um it does have less flash than than the other ones that i've actually played too and that was another thing um like if you played um Desgaea, that game is over the top crazy if you play super robot wars any of them or you know super robot wars or you know 30 or any of those games they have such an overall epic presentation about it because when you start to use an attack using one of the gundam characters or any of the uh, messenger g characters or ultraman characters or whatnot there's this elaborate fight scene or fight sequence that is going on in between all this and it's pretty awesome and epic so when you look at you know those games and then you look at this game it it is what it is but originality is it's partially there you know because of how how you play this game graphics you know the new upgrade is fine i've really um it, it's the, the, the graphics really plays really well but i would have preferred the original like they just like if arc i would prefer the arc system works look rather than the 3d look that they did but it's still it, it still looks really well and then like i said the anime sequences and aspects to this does really uh do a good job with this game it's still able to bring in nostalgia so way forward did really good with that the sound of music is everything that you love from the original games as well so i really enjoyed that nothing really particularly big or memorable about it but it's you know the upgraded you know music does play to the nostalgic feel so i really enjoyed that the gameplay was pretty good too i mean the strategic way that you play the game you know how every character plays differently um you're correct your commanding officer plays differently in here and you know depending on what your commanding officer is you got to play the game a different way so it provides you know some great handicap to it as well so i really enjoyed that fun factor I think because i've played better rts games it's hard for me to really give this if the fun factor a higher score than what it is since this game has come out like i said there's been a lot better rts games so you know when i played this game again it didn't it it, it lived up to what it used to be but what it used to be doesn't hold up to what it is now in terms of other games that are like this 
So the fun factor to me after playing Ro Super Robot Wars or even Desgaea, any of the Desgaea games or any of those games um, like that, it's hard to really enjoy this game because it's very simplistic in comparison. Like I said, this is a great beginner's game for those who've never played this game before. But once you finish with this game and enjoy the, char the character development is what makes this game fun because you, I do like the characters and how they interact in, in the dialogue and you know, and the chemistry that they have with each other. But once you get past this game and you play this game, move on to other games and see how more complex and enjoyable those games are. You go back to this is like, okay, this is, this is fun. This is great. This is everything what I used to like, but there's, we've come a long way since the advanced robot wars, which is why I do kind of wish that they would have added a little bit more bells and whistles to this game to make it a little more modern and fun rather than just making it like a complete exact experience you know they had the opportunity to do a little bit more with this game but they didn't and that's not to say that's not to slight it to say like it's it, it's a bad experience or, or the fun factor is not as great it is it's just i would have loved if they even made a sequel a advanced wars 3 and to just added so much more to that you know if they are planning to make an advanced wars 3 then i would expect more from that but if you know because this is kind of like the Pokemon remakes that they've been doing where it, you know, it does just gives you the same experience that you had before and doesn't and no more, no less. So I, you know, I did enjoy that and I, I enjoyed this as well. So replay value again, because that there are much, you know, this is good for people who, who've played the game before those people who played the game before may also like myself find better rts games out there but just want to play this just for the nostalgic factor i think it may be higher for those who haven't played this game before but for me it's you know around the same with the fun factor aspect actor performances there isn't too much there's some voice acting there but just doing some lines and whatnot but nothing nearly as much to do a whole entire performance to that point so it's not much don't expect much on that point here story it's pretty simple straightforward nothing engaging in here as well so it's really i mean the game like i said this is a beginner's game for those who've never played rts games but you can't expect but so much from this game so let's go to the grading aspect of this um great you know originality i gave it 85 because it's, it's it's a significant rts game that is not like other games and they have some playability and mechanics that other games don't have which are fun so that's great graphics because of the upgrade it, i give it a 90. you know i think honestly i would have gave it 100 if it gave it a little bit more pixelated type of look from like the old you know retro style but the 3d style is still good it's 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 pretty cool um they look like you know toy soldiers at best at this point sound of music i thought it was great brought back the classic and modernized uh version of the classic you know um advanced wars game so i thought they did really well with that the gameplay also i gave it a hundred a score of a hundred as well as um the sound of music i gave a hundred the graphics it was 90 percent originality 85 percent for that matter but gameplay i uh, along with um music i gave that a hundred as well thought they did a really good job there's pretty simple user friendly and fun the fun factor for me personally i had to give it an 80 because like i said i played better uh games now in this modern era but this is what helped me got it so get to that level of enjoying these type of games there so 
um replay value again goes with the fun factor it's an 80 percent for me it, it's just um you know it is what it is active performances i had to give it a 50 percent because like i said there wasn't too much going on there and the story 75 just simple fun not too complex but also not that much immersed into the world as well so all of that ends with a final grade for me and that is a b minus i mean and it's this would probably change depending on the person who played it because i've played better more advanced games no pun intended <laughs> than this um this left me feeling a little bit empty wanting to play more so like if i play super robot wars right now which if you have a, J a japan account you can play it because the nintendo switch is region free so you can play it and it's in english by the way there's a lot more to play there's a lot more to do there's a lot more you know spectacle in those games than it is in here but like i said if you are a first time player of advanced wars i highly recommend you play advanced wars because if you were trying to get into other games or you want to know how these games are played this is a great entry level game to play so it gets a b minus for me only because of the fact that there's just you know this is just a nostalgic factor for for me and there you know i i really enjoy the fact that way forward they go out of its way to bring back the magic that it was so there you have it folks that will do it for this edition of select start i hope you enjoyed this show and every show that we're coming out we're gonna have a sunday show it's gonna be a lot to talk about there like we're gonna have to talk about the twisted metal trailer whenever that post on social media um we're gonna be talking about other things that going on this week i don't know what i'm gonna be talking about in our talk topic or reviewing yet but we're counting down the days before uh guardians of the galaxy which comes out next week and we will be reviewing that of course uh so stay tuned for that and much much more oh we got to talk about some of the things that uh the uh the whole jonathan major situation may have changed you know in, in in a good way so we'll be talking about that and i'll talk about why that is um next week or this sunday for that matter so Thank you for tuning in for this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode and every episode of ACMG Presents Talked Out Live and Select Start, please go out of your way to check out the official website at talktimelive.com, where you can check out all of our audio episodes, our video exclusives, including the one that we're going to have this week, because we will have our second talk, not our second, our third Talk Time uh, Live exclusive this week, as we're going to celebrate the coming of street fighter six we're doing that by bringing back one of my good friends and very talented artist jeffrey chamba cruz he will be coming back i'm heading back to australia to check up on him see how he's been doing and talk about the new street fighter six comic that he has contributed to he's done a few um variant covers of that and these are prelude comics that are coming out next week to celebrate the coming of street fighter six which i cannot wait for it you know i'm so hyper for that game you guys have been listening for me like at all with the what's about to be happen with this game so jeffrey is uh a part of that as well but he's also been drawing and illustrating street fighter for the longest time for udon entertainment so we'll be, we'll be talking about uh that and catching up with everything he's been going to so stay tuned for that and you never know who else is going to be coming down by the line and also a good world warrior looked out for me as well so uh stay tuned for that i'm gonna hold that off until we get closer to street fighter 6 so stay tuned for that as well so um 
check it out there. And if you want to subscribe and download in all your favorite podcast platforms, we're everywhere where podcasts are played, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, you name it, we're there. Tumblr, of course, you go in that uh, platform and type in talk time live you can check out the show click on that hyperlink or if you're on the app you can click on the play button listen to the show there and enjoy it there as well so folks thanks again that'll do it for me on behalf of myself this is Dak xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live we are out here take care and i will talk to you guys on sunday Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.